And now, on with the show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to episode 51 of the Coffee Break Podcast. My name is Allison Jackson. I'm joined each week by Mike Maloney and Kayla Rodriguez-Santiago. This week, we would like to thank our presenting partner, Skilled Trades Partners. Mike, tell us a little bit about Skilled Trades Partners. As everyone knows, the Skilled Trades are in high demand in any economy, and it takes a staffing partner who understands the trades and the industries they serve to get the job done right. Those people are... Uh, the folks over at Skilled Trades Partners, they were very helpful in our craft championships. They have been very helpful to us uh, on the podcast. So special thanks to them. We appreciate everything they do for us. And, uh, you know, we're coming back from Thanksgiving here. And I see, for those that can't see what's going on, Allison has a special guest with her today. Allison, who you got? So as promised, last episode, we talked about having my boyfriend, Giorgio, on so that he could rate my cooking, I guess, for the Thanksgiving day um, we hosted. For uh, those that did not hear the last episode, we hosted Thanksgiving for the first time um, for our families. So with that, George, Giorgio, introduce yourself. Hello. Um, as Allison stated, I am her boyfriend. Uh, my name is Giorgio. And... I guess I'm doing some rating today and talking about some stuff. And uh, um, George signed the waiver that said he would not be uh, implicated or hurt in any way after giving this review. So uh, we'll check yeah, back covered. with George. Yeah, we'll, you're covered. So that's good. But So George, uh, Allison gave us the lay of the land here and said uh, what a magnificent spread she was going to have. And I'm sure it was top notch. But seeing that we weren't there and you were, why don't we g- give a little rundown how was um how was the green bean casserole? What, what do you give a score on the green bean casserole? Um, green bean casserole was supposed to be made by someone else and did not make the table because someone else did not bring it. So, unfortunately, that was one that was missed. Uh, what was the replacement? Um, so what was the replacement for the green bean casserole? No, like we didn't know it wasn't arriving until oh. they arrived without it. So it was it was a tough one, but it's okay. We had plenty of food. Uh, NA, not applicable NA for that one. All right. So then what was there? Start us off with that then. I made mashed potatoes. All right, George, mashed potato score, please. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best. What do you got for a score of the mashed potatoes? I'm trying to think if I had the mashed potatoes. I know I had the gravy. Was that you? The gravy was my mom. And I have to say, we had a lot. We had like a crazy, crazy amount of food. Yeah, this is this is tricky because it was like a kind of like a potluck style. A lot of people like brought their own stuff. And I wasn't that cognizant of like, I mean, I kind of knew certain things who made what, but it was just a huge spread of a bunch of stuff. So I think going down a list is going to be helpful toward me. Um, Mashed potatoes. Well, I'm trying to think if I even had them, but regardless you've made mashed potatoes um many a time 
and they're always really good. I also love mashed potatoes, and like even if I've had mashed potatoes that are suspect, I'm just like a mashed potato lover. I just love the texture and the taste and everything. But you are good at making mashed potatoes, so I no, not the mashed potatoes. No, um, are we doing like a one to ten? One to ten. Ten being the best. Yeah, ten, one to ten. Ten being the best. If you've ever seen Barstool Sports, you know, ten is like not many people get a ten, right? Because that's yeah, that's a high that score, easily. right? All right, so what do you got for a score? Uh, let's let's skip mashed potatoes because if you didn't actually yep, taste, I would give it like a seven point five. A seven point five, which is good. I'll take that. I will take that. All right, all right. So, so what did you on. eat then? What did you eat then? What, what score? What you ate? Oh, I mean, if I'm scoring what I ate, I mean, everything was very, very good. I mean, but you didn't cook a lot of it. But I mean, every like the turkey was. All right. Again, I need a list of what you cooked. If okay. we're doing you specifically. Carrots, green beans, cranberry sauce. I made an apple pie. Oh, score I the apple did. pie. Oh, score the apple pie. I didn't score try the apple pie. pie. <laughs> Literally, I, I don't think I've tried most of these things. I, I, can I tell you what I did try? I mean, that might be my Yeah, best. but also, like, we had, like, people brought a ton of dessert. People brought meat and cheese trays, veggie trays, fruit trays. Like, we yeah, still have some of I know, right? We should, I should tell, we should have his dad on to talk about the tequila sunrises that I made him all day. No, so George is supposed to score what you made. And it sounds like he didn't have anything that you made. So it's just, right now, that was any of my Did food. prepare this at all? I mean, you guys should talk about what I ate that you made. Well, I didn't, I wasn't tracking like all of, I wasn't following you around during Thanksgiving, tracking like the things that you were putting oh, in your body. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. No, that was my mistake. Right, I'm so I, to, to the <laughs> listeners of the Coffee Break podcast. I'm so sorry that I wasn't <laughs> tracking everything that George um, was eating that day. All right. So let's go, let's go overall experience then. Overall yeah. Thanksgiving experience, like the, whole, the whole thing. Every, you give it? Just the food or like everything? Everything. The whole, whole day. Entire atmospheric experience. Yeah, entire vibes, all the food. Considering that, you know, I came from a pretty loud and large uh, Greek family, Greek-American family. It had a little bit of that kind of vibe that I had during like Thanksgiving when I was like younger, which I haven't had for for, for a while. Um, and I like that. It was not dramatic. But there were a lot of people. It was like controlled chaos because there was like kids and stuff like that. But it was like fun. Um, everybody had a good time. The food was really, really good. Everybody kind of pulled their weight on bringing things. Everybody was super nice to each other. And, you know, a bunch of different personalities. I was a little bit nervous. But like considering that it was our first host and all those people came together and it, and it like worked out. You know, we played a little bit of cup. Uh, what do we play? Cup pong? We played cup pong. It was fun. There, so the overall, kids played too, but there was no alcohol involved with where the kids played. No. All right. So what's the score for the listeners? Give us a one uh, to ten. Jeez. And I don't want to rate too, too high, but at least an eight. Why not? Wow. 8.5. Because I want to leave some room for it to be like even better. I love it. Yeah. All right. I think that, there's always room for improvement. For sure. That. So this was the first hosting. Are we going to ever gonna in our a, lives? Are you going to make it a, as like individual a, a tradition then. every Thanksgiving you host? I don't want to jump the gun and make any decisions too soon. I still like, enjoy being a guest. Out. It went great, but I, listen, I still enjoy I being a guest. I don't want to be like an assigned host for like every event. I think that's like a very jarring and overwhelming thing. That's a lot of pressure. It, it could be a like one pressure. thing and maybe it could be Thanksgiving. I mean, we should reconvene and talk about it. But if it went like it went this last time, I mean, I'm down. Yeah, maybe every other. 
Yeah. Okay. I guess <laughs> you're thinking about all the planning and getting stressed out. Maybe I just, I truly enjoy being a guest. Like I love bringing something to someone's house and like walking into their house, seeing their spread, seeing their, like how they decorate it. It's that's, but I also enjoy decorating my house and getting things ready. So it's yeah. like, there's, I've been, I've I enjoy married, I've been married 20 years. I've been, well, so it's not too much. Do you host every time? I, yeah. I've been married 20 years. We host every Thanksgiving, every Christmas Eve. So how I've never been a guest. How many people do you have? Yeah, how many people? 15 to 20, depends. You know, this so way, you're this... like kind of used to it now. Like... Oh, but I would love to be a guest. Are you kidding me? I would love to just go be someone's guest. and just. Have you, you know... ever tried to like initiate like, hey, could we be guests somewhere this year? And it like didn't go well or something? Or how does that? <laughs> so my my <laughs> wife, right? nodding nervously. <laughs> like speaking of about Greek Italian, you know, Greek family stuff, right? Italians a lot like the Greeks, right? It's a big deal, yeah. right? So even Christmas Eve was like we used to have people over Christmas Eve, and the same people would come over Christmas Day. I just saw you people twelve hours ago. Why do I have to see you again? Mm, I just yeah. saw you. It's not like anything's changed in our lives, right? And that's one of the things I was like, put the kibosh on. Listen, Christmas Day is just sit around the house in pajamas play with his toys, play with the kids, right? Not cook and clean and get dressed and showered and shaved and put on nice clothes. So my wife... You just... You need to make that shift. Right. Because at what point do you get to sit down and enjoy the holiday? Because at that point, you're just like... You're facilitating everyone else's holiday. You're not actually getting to really be present and enjoy enjoy it for yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, in in the past, holidays would be big, right? And then, you know relatives pass away or they move away or they go on their own things right so now it's really low-key but now that my boys are getting older right i'm gonna start having girlfriends and those will turn into wives those will turn into children and then it's gonna be i'm gonna have screaming kids at my house yelling well maybe maybe they'll take it on once my my wife won't let them do it i don't think it's gonna be our thing until it's gonna be our thing until we're dead you know what i mean because you know whatever but george we love having you on we love the jingle that you wrote it is jamming. We loved it. We put it right in. You're a very talented guy. We appreciate you being on. We're going to move on to our guest this week. It's going to be Joshua Reap from ABC New Hampshire, Vermont. So let's hear from Joshua. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Joshua Reap, ABC New Hampshire, Vermont, President and CEO. Welcome to our podcast, Joshua. Thanks, Michael. Happy to be here. Now, uh, we love having our neighbors to the north on our podcast because we all share the same vision, right? Is growing the membership and meeting new members. And uh, we know the ABC, we love our relationship with the folks up there. Jennifer Landon has been an unbelievable resource for myself. Just uh, when I was new a couple of years ago, she was instrumental and helped me, you know, get my feet underneath me. So a uh, shout out to Jennifer Landon. She's pretty, pretty awesome. So Joshua, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to work for ABC New Hampshire Vermont. Yeah, so I've been with the the chapter here for, oh gosh, I think five years this month, actually. Um, prior to this, I had worked with the Empire State chapter. I was a vice president of government affairs. I was basically the registered lobbyist for a long time, um, battling uh, absurd uh, mandates at New York City and Albany and all those other places, uh, just trying to keep a uh, level keel uh, just for everybody to compete equally on projects. And came over to New Hampshire shortly after that and just been having fun, doing great things here in the uh Granite State, we represent uh, New Hampshire and Vermont. So we're two very different states, but in some ways very similar. Um, and uh, just kind of a cool place to be up here. And really happy to be leading the team. And do, do you come from like a construction type of background? You said you're a lobbyist. Was there some construction experience? Yeah. So prior to ABC, I was actually in the legislature uh, as a staffer in New York State for about 10 years. 
And, but my family to kind of hark back to that is, uh, my grandfather was 30 years as a construction insulator, did that pipe insulation work. My father did that for a while. Um, and, uh, prior to that, I just learned actually my great grandfather was a stonemason. That's one of the reasons why he came over from Ireland. Um, so there's, there's quite a bit of that. My, my blood blue collar work is something that is, I grew up around and in a lot of my great memories with my father and grandfather were literally being on job sites. Uh, I can tell you many times I've been to many schools in the summer, uh, why they're doing pipe insulation work. I'm not, well, I'm not in class, but I'm definitely getting a lesson in another way. And, uh, it just kind of took the hook. And then, um, when the opportunity to work for the ABC came up, it was just kind of an easy transition for me because uh, I hold dear a lot of the values uh, that ABC champions. And I have some new, a number of contractors already who loved the organization. So it was an easy fit for me. And from what I've found is a lot of people that are involved in any ABC chapter, there's the passion for the, for the trades, right? And everything Big we time. do every day is to try to, to grow the trades and how you know, we know how important it is. And we try to spread the word to people out there that how important the trades are. So uh, with that, tell us a bit about your ABC's New Hampshire Vermont's, the commitment to training and the I Build New Hampshire brand. Yeah. So when I came on board, there was uh, definitely a huge need for this. Everyone's talking about the the worker shortage, the worker shortage, and how, you know, 10 years ago, it was an, a concern, an issue. And as of today, it's a crisis. And I said, you know, time out, let's, let's have a conversation. We, we identified what needed to have happen. We uh, took on some initiative here with the, as you mentioned, I build NH or I build NH.org is our website where we try to tell the story about construction in the pathway to the middle class that provides so many people great opportunities um, by telling stories from a hero perspective. So we have uh, interviews we've done with carpenters, welders, pipe fitters, and others, just telling their story about not necessarily their trade, but about the job that it provides, this job, what it provides for them for a living. And uh, from there, it kind of expanded out. We partnered with New Hampshire PBS uh, to create a video series about that, as well as just doing a deeper dive during COVID. There were a lot of challenges with students about getting education over Zoom. We use the NCCR curriculum, leveraged that along with a lot of training materials our contractors use to create half hour video lessons from, from the field with tradespeople um, talking about construction. And that was all part of iBuild and NH, and we were able to reach out over 2 million people uh, to be exposed to this and learn about the good careers that there are in construction. And that's just been really our shtick up here in uh, New Hampshire, right? Just kind of sharing that great message. And we're starting to see a bit of a culture shift in schools and among parents whose kids are like, I don't want to go to college and have $100,000 in debt and you know not know what I'm going to do at the end of it. I mean, I, I that's the problem we have in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, everywhere in Maine is uh, we have a lot of people who are just fledgling coming out of college, just, I don't know what to do. I've got a $600 a month student loan payment. Well, we go, well, rather than do that, why don't you have a conversation with one of our programs, earn while you learn and come into the trades and you know use a lot of that STEM stuff that you learned, uh, operate a piece of machinery that's more sophisticated today than your parents' first car. Um, it's pretty cool what you can do today in the trades. And that's one of the stories we do as ABC up here in New Hampshire to tell that story. And it, it's resonating really well now, I believe. Even our governor has caught on to it. He's like, hey, dude, I said, I build an each thing. I'm like, oh, that's us. <laughs> it's it's nice when the when the politicians get a hold of that, right? And the, the people that are out there representing people see that there's a need and the crisis is out there. And then um, we talked a bit about it before we started, but the carpentry program, you got started. Mm -hmm. What's the details on that one? Yeah, so uh, we've we've got one. We've got two actually. We've got one that started in New Hampshire last year, um, and we're working with the Federal Department of Labor. We've created a customized carpentry craft program 
And we've leveraged our relationships with our community college system here in New Hampshire to provide uh, in-person training for carpentry. And it's a little different in the regards of it's it's still 144 hours of related instruction every year and 2,000 OJT hours every year, but it's a two-year program instead of a three-year program, a two and a half actually. Um, and basically during that time, people will be upskilled in carpentry, um, but at the same time, it's more of a merit focus where it's not the siloed, it's only carpentry. And while that's 90% of what you're going to learn, you learn a little bit about some of the other trades as well. So when you're on the job site, you know what that drywall installer is doing. You might have no real sense on how, how an electrician does a job, but you know enough to know what goes into it. So that way at the end of the program, these are individuals who are going to be upskilled quickly in carpentry, but also have the potential to become like a project supervisor pretty quickly because they're going to have some exposure to some of the other trades in a classroom setting that they wouldn't get with any other kind of traditional carpentry program. And uh, it's kind of a unique one. It, we're running our second cohort right now out of Manchester Community College. It's working great. We have a third one we're looking to expand at another location. Uh, so it's growing here in New Hampshire. And um, at the same time, in Vermont, um, actually, uh, very shortly, I'm going to be going up to Burlington to welcome our incoming class for our first uh, carpentry registered apprentice program in Vermont, which is something the state and us have worked to partner together with their initiatives to provide training uh, for con contractors that are just like, I don't have workers. So they saw EBC and the power of the association to be a sponsor of the program. So we're coming in, we're working with our members up there to provide uh, opportunities for people to enter the trades that way. How long is the program? The one in Vermont is a year and a half. So that's a state-run apprenticeship program. So it's a little bit more flexibility in that regard of, the, in, by flexibility, I mean in a good way, because it's responding to what the demands of employers are, right? So you still got the formal registered apprenticeship program, but it's of a schedule and a scope of work that is what contractors literally need right now in Vermont. We had contractors identified us what they needed. And we delivered that program. We're going to launch that actually uh, tomorrow uh, up in Burlington. I'm really excited about that. We only have uh, about a dozen people in this first cohort, but it's it's a step in the right direction. We have several employers that are involved with it, and these are these are some of the big names in Vermont. I don't want to mention who they are without asking them first, but they're right. some of the larger contractors in Vermont. We're very happy about the program. Now, do you think it'll expand into other trades? You think once the carpentry one kicks off here. Yeah, I think so, because uh, by coincidence, you know, we're talking I build New Hampshire, right? Well, we had our stakeholder meeting this morning and our stakeholder said, geez, you know, the carpentry program is great. We need a lot of help with site work. We need to start training people because just doing two weeks learning about excavators and rock trucks is not enough. Uh, they need to spend more time on that. So how can ABC leverage itself to help our contractors? So we're having conversations right now about creating a, a customized heavy equipment operator program uh, up here in Vermont and New Hampshire. Uh, and you know, I feel pretty good about that. We have a, probably about a dozen contractors that are interested in the program right now, and it hasn't even started. And one of, one of the questions that why I didn't put on the, the your my email to you was your careers in construction day, right? Where you guys go out there, oh, it's huge. with some heavy equipment, right? And I, I I just remember that a minute ago was how incredible that was. I didn't get a chance to go last year, but I know Diane here from the office. She went, and she said it was incredible. Piles of dirt, you know, trucks, front <laughs> yeah. end loaders, bobcats. Talk a bit about that because I, I it'd be great for you know, uh, other people to know about that and expose yeah. people to that. How did you guys put that all together? Well, first, Michael, we got to get you up here for that because I'd love to get you up on the cherry picker and get up on the, one of the highlighting simulators. That'd be kind of fun. I'm going to take up on that. that. I'm going to take up on that. Okay. Right? Okay. So, um, so, yeah, tell us a bit about that and yeah. what, what that exposes people to. 
Yeah, so New Hampshire Construction Career Days is something that um, we're a partner on. Um, we're definitely a supporting partner. And we leverage it. We have 1,400 students from across New Hampshire come, come into it uh, both days, both on uh, Thursday and Friday. And they're meeting with like over 150 different employers here in the Granite State, um, anywhere from telecommunications work, uh, underground pipe work to um, welders, pipe fitters. So they come in, they get exposure for talking with craftspeople about the about the the trades that there are. It's really awesome to see these student, students, these 17, 18, sometimes 19 year olds come in, uh, get a chance to try their hand in an excavator through an obstacle course or a dozer um, or to hop up uh, on a tree and do some work uh, removing a tree, uh, simulating construction site and removing those hazards. So it's pretty cool to see all that. And we even have uh, one of the one of our members actually multi-well out of uh, the Kuntukuk area in New Hampshire does uh, welding demonstrations where the students get a chance to don all the PPE and welding gear and actually literally weld something. And I mentioned that because that's one of the more popular ones because the kids get to bring home something to show their parents. It's really right. neat to see. And do you see a pretty good response to that? Do, you, do the companies there, the 150 plus you know employers, do they see a good return on that? Do they see people... Sign it oh, up yeah. and, and, and oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, a few of our contractors that's some of their biggest hiring opportunities. Is that, um, we actually have it now because of ABC. Uh, we've brought about 30% of those people are ABC members that come up and show up that day, and then the rest are like out of uh, the Naval Yard, up out of uh, Portsmouth, um, and some other municipal employers. But predominantly, uh, almost all the contractors are ABC members. That's, that's uh, just kind of interesting. It, it's really cool to see, right? Because you have all these students coming up and learning about it firsthand from tradespeople. Even like Deco comes up from uh, the Nashville Milford area of New Hampshire. I know their chapter member down in Mass. It's awesome to see that cross pollination. Yep. They come up, they bring their uh, their steel steel pipe welders. It's kind of cool when kids are like, oh my god, I just welded something that you know a machine that was used to help create the COVID nineteen vaccine. We love it. That's amazing. And then, so what's next for ABC New Hampshire Vermont? What are some of the things you guys got coming on the, some trainings, things like that? What do you got on the, on the, on the, on the horizon? Yeah, I'd say stay tuned to learn more about what we're going to be doing for some, uh, some of the apprenticeship stuff. I think that site work, heavy highway stuff is really going to be a big thing. Um, try to engage and educate people on that and just growing our presence in Vermont. That's a big, big target area for us and being more engaged with that and uh, having some good successes there. You know, and then, always having fun events. That's also what we try to do. Yeah. And then, I, I, you know, we see a lot of that uh, events you guys do. The ski trip is pretty fun. The, the cruise is pretty fun. And you talked a bit about Deco, who's a, an ABC New Hampshire Vermont member as well, a Massachusetts member. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you talked about that cross-pollination. Why do you think that's so important, do you think? Well, I think I think because that border is so fungible, right? We have family and friends that uh, live in, in, in a place like Worcester or in Nashua. Uh, that that border is there, but it's also just more of a conceptual thing because we cross it all the time for work, right? Um, you don't have just contractors coming from New Hampshire to work in Massachusetts. You have it the other way around as well. Um, so we're very much one community over over two states or three states, I would argue, with Vermont throwing the mix here too. I, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic the work you guys doing. We appreciate our neighbors to the north. We think you guys do an amazing job. We love working together and collaborating with you guys. Awesome. And then, all right, questions. so... Uh, it, we got no questions. We're going to move on to everyone's favorite part of the podcast. It's the lightning round. So we insert the lightning sound effects. All right, here we go. Josh, that's going to be 10 rapid fire questions. The lightning round sponsored okay. by our friends over at LC Anderson. They uh, are amazing partners of ours. So special thanks to Carl and the crew over there. So Thank first you. question right. is going to be, what is your favorite thing about your career? I get to meet and work with a lot of really cool people doing very unique things. List two pet peeves. 
Uh, when people send an email and expect an immediate response when they should probably just pick up the phone. And um, I like to have a clean sink at home at the end of the day. I don't like a dirty kitchen. <laughs> we were talking about that this morning too. Uh, same here. If you had a warning label, what was what would yours say? Oh, if I had a warning label, what would it say? Um, proceed with caution. <laughs> what is your favorite family holiday tradition? My favorite family holiday tradition is July 4th uh, on the boat, watching the wooden boat parade go by at camp. Love it. Is it better to be late for work or leave early? Uh, neither. Ooh. What beverage goes best with pizza? Oh, a good craft beer. Oh. What did you want to be when you grow up? Uh, what did I want to do when I grow up? Oh, boy. I know this is a lightning round, but that's like deep. Uh, deep no. One, right? Uh, yeah, just just be a caring, loving, productive member of society. Love it. Uh, choose one famous person from history you would want on your team during a zombie apocalypse. Teddy Roosevelt, because he's a badass. I love it. That's a good one. Yep. No one's ever said Teddy. Uh, what actor or actress would you want to play you in a movie about your life? Harris, a younger Harrison Ford. Which movie made you laugh the hardest? Uh, old School with Will Ferrell. <laughs> And then uh, last one, what is a weird food you've tried? Would you eat it again? Uh, I would eat minky whale. All right. That's the lightning round. Thank you very much, Josh. So Josh, if uh, listeners want to get a hold of you or have questions about anything going on at ABC New Hampshire, Vermont, how can they get a hold of you? I'd just tell them uh, to find me on Twitter or uh, give the chapter office a call. I'm, I'm always available. Awesome. All right, everybody. That's Josh Reed from ABC New Hampshire, Vermont. Thank you, Josh, very much. It's been great. Hope Happy to see to you at an Thank event you. soon. Right on. Thank you, Joshua Reap from ABC, New Hampshire and Vermont. It was a pleasure hanging out with you. Allison, can you tell us about the trainings that are coming up? Yep. So rounding out December on the 10th, we have a couple classes going on at the ABC GCI Woburn office. Um, first, we have the Hoist 1C2A prep for exam. And then at the same time in the next room over, we'll have sheet metal prep for exam. Then we'll have a plan reading class December 6th and 8th. That's going to be at Tri-County Regional Technical High School in Franklin, Mass. Then we have an OSHA 10-hour for construction on December 12th and 14th, again at the ABC GCI Woburn office. You can check out all of the classes that we have through March 2023 at gwgci.org forward slash events. And we are making our way to the midway point of the 22-23 school year, which means the student surveys have gone out in an email. Check your email if you're a student of the Google Construction Institute for your teacher survey. Let us know how we're doing. Let the teachers know how we're doing. Be honest. There is a chance in there for you to like the social media accounts, uh, specifically Instagram. And if you DM don't tell them how to do it, Mike. Don't tell them how to do oh, it. Oh, see? You got, you might want to nice cut job. that. No, that that's was good. That's why I'm not trying. That's why I don't tell them how to do it because right, you have fine. to take the survey. All right, I love it. That's fine. Sorry. But there's a way to win a really cool GCI swag bag uh, if you do the survey. So pay attention as you're doing it because there is a question in there that says how to do it. So complete the survey. If you have not seen the email yet from the GCI office here, check your junk or spam. Or uh, if it's not there, reach out to someone here at the office so we can make sure we have the correct email address for you. 
Uh, lightning round this week was sponsored by LC Anderson. Not sure who LC Anderson is. They are a commercial heating and ventilation, air conditioning, and refrigeration contractor that services uh, the greater Boston area. They're your go-to guy if you need heat. They're the go-to company if you need air conditioning, refrigeration, cooling, things like that. So reach out to those gentlemen over there. They're good guys. They support us in almost everything we do. Carl Hudson, thank you very much for your help. Appreciate it. And next week's guests are going to be the gang from DeWalt Tools. They are huge supporters of our daytime electrical program and our program in general. So stay tuned for next week. And before we go, be sure to follow us on Instagram at ABCGCI Coffee Break. And be sure to like and follow and rate us on all the places that you listen to your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. I'm sure that I'm missing a couple. But with that, be sure to tune in next week and we'll catch you then. Mm -hmm.